and gentlemen it's seven o'clock on a saturday night and as usual that means it's time for the other podcast i'm your host robert stacy mccain and i'm not hello folks it's the other guy on the other podcast john hogue here and live and direct from exotic valdosta georgia hello diana hello hello uh you sound wonderful this evening thank you Ooh, that was even better <laughs> like that that yeah. uh, that night we need to get her to do some voiceover work with that boy mm, um, i'd love to do that <laughs> well you know we'll, uh we'll 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 see i i have a, a a couple of people who have just landed gigs doing uh uh, uh pr work for Republican candidates for the next uh, election season. So we'll see what we can. Uh, I, I'm going to go trolling for some work. Maybe uh, we can tag team it. You can that find my great. good. Yeah, you can find my good friend John Hogue's <laughs> blogging at hoguash.com. And you can find uh, Stacy's scribblings about the interwebs, usually at theothermccain.com. But he also is at such exotic locations as spectators.org. So and, that's, that's, um, uh, that's good. And Diana blogs occasionally. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. And, and well, I blog a, to get business. <laughs> okay, that's right. <laughs> well, that's all right. We, uh, Stacey and I blog to get uh, tips and donation. Yeah. But it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's football season, so let's let Stacey yeah. take off with this thing. Saturday night, in, uh, the first Saturday night in November, and uh, we have some scores from you, our our college football scoreboard uh, looks like it's going to be a big upset uh, as the Purdue Boilermakers, previously unranked, uh, are, are currently leading number three Michigan State. Undefeated Michigan State is uh, trailing Purdue 37 to 29 with four minutes left to play at Purdue. And it's, um, let's see, that's an eight-point lead, and Purdue currently has the ball. So it's it does not look good for Michigan State. Uh, there was an earlier upset as uh, previously undefeated Wake Forest uh, <laughs> lost to North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Uh, 58 to 55, and that is, we talk about a wild game. Uh, Wake Forest led, going into the fourth quarter, Wake Forest led 48-34 and ended up losing by a touchdown because uh, North Carolina scored 24 points. It's going to be an interesting day in the SEC, though, because my alma mater, Vanderbilt, has the week off, which means all the SEC teams are going to have to work for their win. (laughs) Number one, Georgia. Defeated Missouri forty-three to six. Number five Ohio State twenty-six. Nebraska seventeen. Uh, number six Cincinnati is currently leading uh, with just less than a minute left in the uh, fourth quarter. Cincinnati leads Tulsa twenty-eight to twenty. But Tulsa has the ball third and goal at the Cincinnati one-yard line, so that uh, score may change here. Uh, number 12, Baylor. Uh, looks like they might be about to lose to TCU. Uh, it's it currently TCU leads 30-28. to 28. Uh, Let's see here. Oh, number 14, Texas A&M defeated Auburn. Uh, yay. Tw- Are we supposed to, to say yay? 
<laughs> yes, we all okay. hate Auburn. Okay. Um, uh, number seven, 17, Mississippi State uh, is trailing Arkansas 21 to 23 with five minutes left to go uh, in the fourth quarter. Uh, mm -hmm. NC State also in the fourth quarter against Florida State. Uh, NC State ranked 19th, leads Florida State 28-14. Uh, Notre Dame ranked 10th, uh, defeated Navy 34-6. And mm -hmm. number 11, Oklahoma State uh, defeated West Virginia 24-3. So that, uh, that's got you up to date. As soon as that Tulsa-Cincinnati game finishes, we'll know in the Baylor-TCU game. And then, of course, right now, uh, they're about to kick off uh, with number two-ranked University of Alabama um, at home against LSU. Yeah, they just now kicked off. So, hmm. yeah, Anyways. so he'll, he'll, he'll be distracted the entire evening. The <laughs> yeah, I, I, but yeah, I, uh, football is, uh, uh, this is the football time of year. Yes, it is. And Stacy, the problem you have with football is that you're a racist. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, Sunday morning, I woke up uh, and I, I fall asleep usually watching videos, YouTube videos on my uh, on my uh, cell phone. I've got my little earbuds <laughs> in, and so I'll I'll lay down and uh, uh, just watch YouTube videos until I fall asleep. Well, I fell asleep uh, watching police chases <laughs> and woke up uh, woke up, and the first thing on my uh, YouTube homepage was. Um, uh, was a, an NFL Live uh, uh, broadcast. Uh, it was a video of an NFL Live broadcast about the Patriots versus the Chargers. Mm -hmm. And so I swipe it, and I'm watching it, and and the uh, and oh my blog. It's called the NFL's oh. Other Race Problem. Uh. <laughs> and I've got a picture there of the panel. Okay, it's a white woman a black man, an Asian woman, and a black man, okay? This is, this is the diversity setup, and I'm like, what? White guys don't talk about football anymore. But, but the thing that really gets me about this, and, they, and I don't know when this started, uh, but at some point, um, the networks decided, well, we're going to let... Go, go ahead. ahead. Go that ahead. We're, we're going to have the female sideline reporters. And I actually have some family insight into this because uh, my sister-in-law, who is a stunningly beautiful blonde girl, uh, mm. uh, almost as beautiful as her older sister, who I married, mm. um, uh, graduated with a uh, journalism degree uh, with emphasis in radio and television. And she got, she got a job in the Chicago market, which was her hometown area as a sportscaster. Okay. <laughs> and well, which she did, which she did a very credible job with it. Well, at the time she was married to a guy who was a, 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 a the third baseman on a triple a baseball team. Oh, okay. So I mean, you know, real so she family. Knew something about baseball at least. <laughs> well, yes, but, uh, but, you know, rather, rather than transfer into being the sideline babe, when she was moving up in her career, she, she decided that she was going to move off into management rather than uh, on air. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that, that's, you know, I, the sideline babe has become a thing, but now on these panel shows, you know, a lot of what ESPN broadcasts now is mm -hmm. is these panel shows where they sit around right. and it's not so much replaying the game but talking about the game. Yeah, but I'm mm -hmm. I'm looking at this picture you've got of the panel, right? Right. And they are clearly obeying McCain's Rule Five. <laughs> Very attractive women. I don't have anything against the women, okay? But I'm saying that that. that Football is a man's game. Okay, you're watching. Yes, it is. You're watching <laughs> twenty-two men play football, and if you have a problem listening to men 
talk about men playing football. Maybe you don't need to be watching football. Well, either that or you need to switch to metric football because they have girls teams for that. Meanwhile, is there really a point? Anyway, go on. No, soccer soccer is a, a, a reasonable sport and I it is, really yes. I really enjoy watching a pair of good talk soccer teams face off if there's a, mm-hmm. uh, they're well matched and that doesn't matter whether they're uh, it's men or women's soccer mm-hmm. well we're the, the other thing is you know it's get woke go broke okay mm-hmm. espn and i am shocked by the way at the mm-hmm. amount of wokeness among sports writers now when yeah I, that's weird yeah it is yeah yeah, you don't expect uh, you know social justice warriors to be covering sports. And Stacy, you started as a sports writer, right? Uh, Editor, anyway. <laughs> some, some some years ago, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And 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 you actually had experience playing the kind of sports you were playing high school. Uh, I mean, uh, covering right. uh, high, high school sports and that sort of stuff. So you knew something about what you were writing about. Now, we've got this wonderful crop of people who are graduates of journalism schools, and now they can write about anything. Well, yeah, badly. (laughs) Well, you know, the thing is, though, is that this uh, this wokeness, you know, is Mm -hmm. ESPN's ratings ever since the Colin Kaepernick thing (sighs) got started. uh, The NFL has been in the you know, their ratings have been in the toilet and uh, and and the thing is, is that is that, you know, um, in everything else. Right. There's so much talk about representation. Right. We, mm-hmm. we need to have diversity and representation. But apparently diversity at ESPN means no white guys allowed. Now, I'm, I'm joking because, of course, they do have white guys on the set, but it's just that the way this panel, they have a rotating set of characters. The anchor is a uh, former, I think, Miss America from Florida. 2013. Uh, yeah, 2013 Miss America. And and okay, fine. Okay. But the, uh, the way they're rotating it, you know, is that you turn on there and you're going, hey, Where's the white guy's hat? <laughs> it's right. Like, well, I mean, you know, it, it, I mean, I mean, I'm not trying to play victim here. Oh, reverse racism, wine, wine, wine. I'm just saying, from a business perspective. Look, I quit watching Monday Night Football when they canned Don Meredith. Hmm. Okay. I don't that's even remember why he got canned. Uh, smoking dope sir- in the air. <laughs> he did what? Smoking dope no. in the air in the booth. Yes. He was smoking really? dope on the air. I, 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 you know, I guess he wanted out. <laughs> well, you know, you got to remember he was who he was sitting next to, Howard Cosell. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, I'd be smoking dope too. Okay, you got and, it. And then the big square, dandy Don Gifford. Yeah, I was talking about the Monday night football crew. But anyways, <laughs> but the, the happy ending, by the way, of Sunday is that the Patriots – uh, beat the Chargers, mm-hmm. uh, and this was a, a, a crucial game. It was their second win in a row and their first win against a really good team. They had come close a couple of times, but now they're 4-4 four and four on the season, and Sunday they play at the Carolina Panthers. If they can win that Sunday game, then they go home, you know, you know, their next game is at home against the Browns and they're going to mm. be looking a lot like a playoff contender and they've got a lot of Alabama fans. That's why it's because they drafted Mac Jones yes. that I became a Patriot fan. But so. speak, okay. But speaking- okay. I have a question. So okay. are we going to hear at the, if the Patriots get into the uh, playoffs, are we suddenly going to hear the roll tide thing going through the, when the, you do the kickoff? Well, <laughs> either, either that or what you may hear uh, uh, is people chanting uh, about someone uh, being, getting ready to let's go. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and that's well, going yes. to cause all sorts of stuff. And I had a, a panties trigger. will be in a bunch. <laughs> I, I, I had a trigger warning about that. NBC News had a thing about uh, uh, a, a, a gun manufacturer who's selling uh, 
AR-15 lower receivers, which is the part that's actually registered as a firearm, uh, that mm-hmm. are, are let's go uh, Brandon uh, receivers. <laughs> and the uh, it's uh, NBC was all bent out of shape about that. Oh, thing. yes. And, 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 and was complaining to the Secret Service about the threats to the president's life. And Not that was, really. And, 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 that, and that, was, that was the start of the week, which I have described <laughs> as the left's terrible, horrible, no good, very bad week. And, yeah. and this, this is going to kind of set up the rest of the show, uh, talking about what happened. Monday was kind of rocky for a start mm-hmm. because it's the Supreme Court. We had a hearing about the Texas uh, uh, a law that allows people to a private cause of action suing uh, about people who had uh, who, who performed abortions. And based on the justices' questions, it's not going to be a slam dunk for either side. No. But it's probably going to be a very technical decision. The real uh, yeah. abortion case is coming out of Mississippi a little later. Tuesday was election day. <laughs> and, oh boy. <laughs> And, 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 and the we'll Democrats, talk about that more in a bit, later. But the Democrats basically yes. have been reduced to uh, claiming that the first black woman ever elected to statewide office in Virginia is a white supremacist. Yeah, uh, and I'm sorry, but she's Jamaican. And if you know anything about the history of Jamaican slavery, uh, American slavery was ugly. Uh, Jamaican slavery was worse. The uh, well, worse. Well, yes, and the, uh, the vice president's family were Jamaican slaveholders. The, but that's beside the yes. point. The uh, the thing here is is that so this is had, uh, absurd. <laughs> what the thing the thing here is that you also you had a special election in Texas and in yes. San Antonio in a predominantly uh, Latino district is flipped mm-hmm. Republican. That had that mm-hmm. Biden had won like by seventeen points or something. It was a, oh it was, yeah, it, it was, was a insane. big flip. Yeah, and then speaking of big flips, uh, the 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 trend was so bad in New Jersey that they've <laughs> only just barely managed to keep it within the margin of theft. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yo, know, by the way, the Senate Democratic leader that got uh, beat up there by the truck driver <laughs> is claiming that there's 12,000 votes that have been I know. found. They have found 12,000 extra ballots. Well, in a burned out van down by the river this time, I'm no, actually, sure. No, no, actually, they were in the hold of a ship just off Long Beach. Uh, that makes perfect sense. Anyway, Wednesday, Wednesday, we had, Wednesday, we had oral arguments on a challenge to New York's handgun permitting system. Uh, and uh, I listened to the oral argument, by the way. The Supreme Court's got that up on their website now. And, mm-hmm. and by the way, you can, it's still up there. You, I listen to it live, but you can listen to the playback. Um, mm-hmm. Most of the commentators who got any real uh, experience with uh, this sort of lit, uh, uh, this sort of litigation are saying it's going to be a six to three decision in favor mm-hmm. of uh, the second amendment uh, protect rights of the uh, petitioners. I'm actually betting on five to four. I've got my reasons. Thursday Mm -hmm. was the actual first arrest made in the Russian collusion hoax case. Um, And basically, if you read the indictment, uh, Durham is painting a picture of collusion that goes right to the heart of the uh, uh, Clinton campaign. So that was Mm -hmm. not good. Friday, it looked like they were going to have another bad day, but at the very end, 13, lucky 13 number, uh, (laughs) Republicans voted to let uh, uh, the infrastructure bill go through. And so, well, I know at least one of them uh, has announced that he's retiring. Two of them, actually. Two of them, okay. So, But I'll bet you that there's going to be some interesting primaries in, in, in some of those other cases. Oh, but, yeah. But you, I, I think you said uh, you wanted to ha- make a few remarks about those Republicans. Yeah, yeah. People, uh, people are very angry uh, that Republicans in the House, mm-hmm. uh, 12 of them, uh, 13, I'm sorry, uh, helped bail out Bill, uh, yes. Biden after we won big on Tuesday. Okay, it was yep. clear on Tuesday that was rejection of mm-hmm. Biden's agenda. 
Anyways, uh, the headline at National Review is Disgraceful House Republican Rescue Biden's Flailing Agenda. And this headline, okay, is important because... It's the the National Review. It's in (laughs) National Review, and the guy who wrote it is Philip Klein. Now, if you know Philip Klein, he's not exactly a fire-breathing right-wing populist, okay? he's Not really, no. He's a (laughs) policy wonk. I've known him for, you know, 13, 14 years now. Uh, And uh, Policy wonks have had a bad week. (laughs) He said... He said, just before midnight on Friday, we witnessed an utterly disgraceful act by a group of 13 House Republicans given the chance to deal a severe blow to President Biden's failing agenda. They instead rescued him by providing Speaker Nancy Pelosi's with the vote she needed to overcome resistance from the far left of her party. In other words... Because the squad wouldn't vote for this thing, okay? They had to get Republicans to vote for it. And, and I mean, as soon as I saw this, I was like, what the hell is going on here? What's the point of voting for Republicans? If well, it's it, interesting. Yeah. Even, even Cheney uh, didn't defect. Mm. So, I mean, you know, you got to wonder what's going on with these people. Well, in any case, because, I mean, they can't. I know what's going to go on with them. Well, I mean, they, if, you want a Tea Party movement. I say we get it started mm. now. Well, yeah. you know, but here's the here's the other thing. I didn't get to the end of the week. Oh, we <laughs> there's one other thing that I was not able to blog about yesterday that happened literally while I was driving over here or just as I uh, was about to leave to drive over here. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals has temporarily enjoined the vaccine mandate uh, that's com- coming out of uh, OSHA, and they've given the federal government until f- close of business New Orleans time, like five o'clock New Orleans time Monday, to explain why it shouldn't be a permanent injunction. Oh, boy. <laughs> Which sets us up for your uh, thing about arresting covid and yeah. the Chicago cops. Ah, yes. Okay, <laughs> then. Yes. Okay. I'm. 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 I'm sorry. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm getting ahead of. I'm, I'm moving. No. No. You're just. It's. Um. I call this. I call this. The headline on it is Mayor Frogface Update. Okay. <laughs> Ribbit. <laughs> now. Now, Ribbit. if you have, if you have seen Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, you know. Why I speak of her as a member of the amphibian American community. Well, at least she's not a reptile person. Uh, yeah. She, uh, I don't know how frog DNA got into her <laughs> chromosomal sequence. It may have been an early Chinese communist biological warfare experiment gone wrong. But anyways, speaking of Chinese... Uh, and the Chinese disease. A Cook County judge on Monday suspended the city of Chicago's policy requiring that all of its police officers be vaccinated against COVID-19 by the end of the year. The ruling is a major victory for police unions who have held Mm -hmm. that the city's COVID-19 vaccine mandate violates their collective bargaining agreements. Judge Raymond Mitchell ruled Monday that the mandate should be halted for police officers until those complaints can be settled in arbitration. Mm -hmm. Um, The head of the Chicago uh, Police Union, the Fraternal Order of Police, uh, called the uh, um, mandate an invasion of privacy and a violation Mm -hmm. of the police contract. Uh, he co- repeatedly called for officers to hold the line and refuse to share their vaccination status with the city. And so um, uh, this is, um, a, you know, a, a huge setback. Uh, and this has been an issue in a lot of places, okay, because, uh, you know, this, you know where this vaccine mandate thing is coming down from the top. It's the Biden Mm -hmm. administration. Uh, Boeing 
uh, out in Seattle, uh, their unions are up in arms. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, you know, and so you have one part of the Democratic Party coalition fighting against uh, uh, the other part. As a matter of fact, uh, the head of the uh, machinist union in um, uh, in Seattle said said that he'll never vote for a Democrat again. Now, the machinist union, that was my dad's union. And I'm telling mm-hmm. you, they were pretty far left, okay? They're about as AFL as mm-hmm. uh, you can get. They weren't quite CIO, oh, yeah. but they were real AFL. Yeah, they, they were. Yeah, they were. Uh, the machinist union was uh, uh, pretty hard. The commanding vote. heights of the economy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, but anyways, uh, so mayor Frogface uh, has, has got a problem there and uh, it's, this is going to be this mandate bullshit. Okay. <laughs> did I, I yes. did I say bullshit loudly you enough? Did. Because, because see, see here's where I think you're wrong. I think it's chicken shit. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the point being that, but the point being is, is like I'm not anti-vaccine, but I'm anti-mandate. Okay, it's you like, are correct. You know, uh, Aaron Rodgers. You know, by the way, came down with the. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback of the Packers, uh, mm-hmm. came down with COVID this week. Everybody, everybody was just jumping up and down about that. I'm like, he's not even sick. I mean, he's he wasn't even symptomatic. Mm-hmm. At the time that he tested positive, you know, he's mm-hmm. been getting tested twice a week and he came up positive. Whoa, whoa. Uh, uh, dogs have caused a problem here. Did they get this? Did they actually get the microphone or just the cord? Uh, no, no, no. We're fine. We're fine. What happened? <laughs> what happened was is that uh, uh, the dog ran under. Uh, the table and pulled the cord uh, and and it was it was Rube Goldberg device is what it was. Well, it, it was basically, what... basically, he he uh, he stepped on my headphone cord uh, and pulled it, and of course it was uh, coming out from behind a bunch of equipment. So I now am getting the iced tea off my laptop. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> oh, anyway, but. But this, How come um, my dog just settles down at my feet? Uh, do you want, we'll send Marley to you if you like. Yeah, her. yeah. Do you want a dog? You want a dog? I can get you a dog. You'd just have to talk to Rod it. first. My husband is the has the uh, veto power over the animals. Yeah. Well, yeah, well anyways, but um, uh, this uh, problem that the uh, Democrats have got with, um, uh, you know, this vaccine mandate, which remember, and, and you, you want to talk about what happened on Tuesday, uh, uh, Biden campaign during the campaign, he said that he didn't support mandates. And, you know, <laughs> as a matter of fact, uh, I see uh, his lips were moving. They were against the, 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 uh, Democrats were actually bad mouthing the vaccine during the campaign. Well, that's because it was Trump's vaccine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to take that Trump vaccine. Anyway. Yeah. And and I, uh, you know, people. I would just trust it. Yeah. Yeah. Said Kamala. People, yeah. Yeah. People are fed up with the. I mean, you know, it's just everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and 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 basically, I was talking to uh, another blogger this afternoon. And he said, you know, it's starting to look almost like a slow motion general strike. You've got mm-hmm. uh, New York's uh, fire department is uh, down to roughly 50% availability for fire engines. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of stuff happening. Yeah, American Airlines, Southwest Airlines. Um, yeah, yeah. Sick outs happening yeah. everywhere. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be it's going to be a really interesting uh, time, but before let's we, go, Brandon. <laughs> let's well, go. Well, or as uh, as uh, DeSantis uh, referred to it, the Brandon administration is headed in for an interesting <laughs> mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but meanwhile, oh, 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 here's a score. I, I here's your <laughs> score. Final score: Purdue forty, Michigan State twenty nine, and another Ow. final score. 
uh, TCU 30, Baylor 28. So uh, that's Ooh. two upsets this week. I'm well, sorry. Yeah, Speaking of upsets. I have, I, I, I have uh, close friends that are alumni of both TCU and Baylor. So uh, I will have to send a condolence note to uh, one uh, very, very good um, uh, or you anyway. can just send everybody uh, uh, some adult beverages and they can take it as they like. <laughs> oh, boy. LSU is now leading Alabama <laughs> seven to nothing. This is not good. Yeah. Relax. Relax. Well, in any case, <laughs> in any case, um, anyways, we have the bottom of the hour. And that's the point where we uh, go. uh, uh Money-grubbingly commercial. Yes, mm -hmm. this is the point in the show where I tell you that if you will go to my blog, theothermccain.com, uh, you will notice uh, in the near the top of the center column a yellow button with the mm -hmm. word donate on it. If you will click on the yellow button, it will take you to my PayPal account where you can contribute dollars, rubles, yen, euros, what have you, pesos, uh, all manner of currency can be contributed um, through my PayPal account to, to help support the blog, to help support the podcast, and most of all, to keep my wife happy because she likes mm -hmm. it when I get paid. And so, oh, yeah. so, so that click the yellow button and uh, make me happy. Meanwhile, over at my good friend John Hogue's site, Hogwash.com. Ah, lurking in the sidebar over on the right there, right at the top of the sidebar on the right there is the icon of the tip jar. Click on it. Be taken away to my PayPal account where you can help support Hogwash or this blog either way, uh, this uh, podcast rather. The um, Also, there's shopping opportunities uh, at the Hogwash store there that you can click on and uh, links to Amazon shopping at both our blogs where we both participate in the Amazon Affiliates Program. Uh, when you buy through one of those links at a blogger's site, the blogger gets a small commission that helps. And it's a nice thing that Amazon does, regardless of how you choose to support either the, of our blogs or the podcast. Please remember the five most important words in the English language. Hit the freaking tip jar. Please do so. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. uh, I have uh, figured that we should probably spend a little bit of time talking about uh, Thursday night. Tuesday, Tuesday night. Tuesday night, rather. Mm -hmm. Tuesday night. Um, it was uh, too close to call, right? Yes, <laughs> that, was, uh, that was my um, – uh, the opening headline, which I – uh, I, I started blogging 15 minutes. I was live blogging the election results starting 15 minutes after the polls closed. And knowing that it was going to be close, I headlined mm -hmm. it too close to call because that's what you always have to. You spend hours on election night uh, while, while they tell you that it's too close to call. And so I, 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 I called that one correctly. Uh, I, I illustrate it with a, a Picture of David, what's his name? Chalian, Chaflian, Chalifian, <laughs> whatever it is. Uh, the gay guy, the fat gay guy uh -huh. on uh, CNN, who is their political director. Um, anyways, but he's sitting there and trying to explain uh, and the exit polls. You know, this is one of the things about the media is they're obsessed with polls. And mm -hmm. uh, this exit poll showed 47% of, of Virginia voters strongly disapprove of the job Biden is doing as president. Another 9% somewhat disapprove. That leaves, that leaves 43% uh, who... Uh, approve at least somewhat of or don't care. Yeah. Well, well, but there, there's 43 percent approval for uh, Biden among voters in Virginia, a state he won by 10 points um, just a year ago. And and so that, that tells you how bad things have gone. It, yeah, basically. And here's the thing is that the strongly disapprove 
is twice as large as the strongly approved. So, so there's a, a real anti-Biden wave going on here. Well, mm-hmm. uh, uh, it, it took a while uh, and, and you had to wait for the, but as soon as um, Republican uh, Glenn Youngkin developed a lead uh, in this race, you had a total meltdown on MSNBC, and I mean, it was crazy over there. <laughs> well, was uh, it? You know, this is this. Is How the, is that different from uh, any <laughs> other night? No, but I, I mean, oh. it was uh, several of us. You know, I started the evening watching CNN, and then <laughs> I switched over to MSNBC because the people on Twitter were going, "You've got to see this. You have <laughs> got to see this." And and, and uh, I mean, they were just crying the tears. <laughs> of what is it sadness the tears of unfathomable sadness i think is what mm-hmm. it is yes it, it, that's a line from south park uh, mm-hmm. but anyways i it, thought that was unfathomable melancholy but go on yeah anyways but but yeah they they were uh they were uh sad beyond words over there and angry too and and they kept talking about how anyone who is bringing up the idea there's okay first of all they insist in Nicole Wallace. Ugh, I hate her. Anyways, <laughs> she's a bushy, you know. Um, but anyways, Nicole Wallace uh, was on there saying, there's no such thing as CRT. It's not taught in <sighs> schools. And it's just a racist dog whistle to bring it up. Oh, for you know? and so, and, and, But anyways, uh, the final, uh, I think it was 50 to 49. It's like a 1% uh, difference in, in the race, uh, about mm. 100,000 votes. But uh, it was a, a whooping uh, by the standards because, like I said, you know, Biden won the state by 10 points. Yeah, well, uh, about, about 10, 15 in, uh, in the evening, uh, and there were enough reported uh, that I was able to determine that uh, if you looked at the uh, uncounted, we had, uh, they, when the polls closed, the actual turnout numbers were available for um, mm-hmm. Loudoun County and Fairfax County and that sort of stuff. So we mm-hmm. knew how many total votes there were. Mm-hmm. And we knew right. how many votes had been counted because you could see what they had to count. And so you knew mm-hmm. how many votes were left to count. And about 10, 15, I did the math. And it didn't matter if 100% of the votes uh, went to uh, uh, McAuliffe, uh, uh, mm-hmm. he couldn't win. It was mathematically impossible. So I, I was all set ready to you know, put a, up a post uh, that said, and it's, in fact, it says, with all the pre- with almost all the precincts reporting in the blue uh, cities and mm-hmm. counties, it appears that most of the remaining uncounted uh, votes are in places that favor Yunkin. It's unlikely that there are enough remaining uncounted votes in blue districts to flip the election to McAuliffe. Okay, that's fine. But, but as I was about to hit a uh, uh, post button, uh, Bruce Godfrey, you remember Bruce? He was, uh, uh-huh. uh, he, Bruce uh, represented uh, Mandy Nage in the Kim- uh-huh. Kimberlin case. Oh, okay. okay. Uh-huh. Bruce, Bruce, who uh, is a lawyer here in Maryland, uh, uh, tweeted, what can you say? Not every candidate can bring the freshest vitality and new ideas like Joe Biden can. As far as I'm concerned, Bruce won the internet that night. Yeah. He did. Well, showing, he did. Uh, what he was showing is a 13-point swing toward Republicans yep. uh-huh. in uh, Fairfax County that, that, that they had basically went from uh, a 42 point advantage in 2020 to having a 29 uh, point advantage in 20. Every single county and city in Virginia moved <laughs> at least 5% toward Republican, including places that Trump took like 80% of. Right. Right. <laughs> all, all the turnout in, and that was one of the things is, is I, I, by the way, uh, I have to say that Steve Kornacki, who is mm-hmm. the guy that points at the map, right, and, and goes <laughs> through the county by county thing on election night for MSNBC, mm-hmm. he was actually very good. 
uh, on Tuesday night, and he was he was pointing down to the counties in Southwest Virginia and showing the difference in turnout and just a huge uh, uh, turnout. <laughs> Uh, compared to four years ago in 2017, and uh, and so uh, you know, Youngkin, uh, mm-hmm. Youngkin ought to ought to have a good four years. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, and and basically, if you look at the way the turnout increased along the I-81 strip, that's right. That's what that's part of what did it. But it, anyway, moving on to the next day on Wednesday, we had the uh, <laughs> oral argument in the New York. Uh, uh, Rifle and Pistol Association mm-hmm. versus Bruin uh, uh, thing. And one of the interesting things was during part of the, the colloquy with um, the <laughs> S- Solicitor General of New York, uh, <laughs> John Roberts was having a thing about, okay, uh, so how come is a, a jogger who's worried about running in uh, Central Park can't get a permit, but someone who's jogging in the woods in upstate New York can. And mm-hmm. there was a, yeah, there was a, there was a and, fi- and finally, Roberts asked, uh, asked the, uh, her, uh, the a wonderful general, question. Yes. I loved it. Well, well, how many muggings, how many muggings take place in the forest? <laughs> and, <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> you know, and it's just like there, you, you could just hear her and uh, and the and the person from uh, the uh, Biden Justice Department trying to argue against the, uh, <laughs> the Second Amendment, but it's it just. I mean, I can understand why people think it's going to be a six to three decision. I think it may be. I think it may be uh, seven five two. Or, no, I think it'd be five to four. Um, but but, but uh, the re- only reason it'll be six to th- okay. The only reason it will be six to three is if Roberts decides he doesn't want okay. The the if the chief justice is in the majority, he decides who writes the opinion. If he isn't, the most senior justice in the majority decides who writes the opinion. And so Thomas may decide he wants control of the writing of the opinion and either to do it himself or to assign it to someone other than Thomas, rather than have Thomas write it if he he's in the uh, heading the majority. So, but uh, other than that. There's an there's enough waffling. Yeah, I've heard people say yeah seven to two because Breyer actually was asking some pretty damn pointed questions. Well, you know the thing mm. uh, the thing about this, um, uh, the the thing about this is, you know, why is the federal justice department? Arguing against the Second Amendment. Yeah, Hello. that's a really good question. Because it's Biden's uh, department. Uh, uh, this the they didn't try to intervene until in February after the change in administration. Mm. <sighs> so there is that. Um, anyway, let's see. The problem, the whole, the whole thing is Stacy is just that you see. Republicans want to have the Second Amendment enforced. Republicans are dangerous. <laughs> um, only when provoked. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a no, minute. No, I am always. Well, look, I'm. I am always dangerous. That's the nature of being male. Well, any well, ma- you no, have any got male this- who is not dangerous. Uh, is, is not is, worth is, knowing. You have got this well, post the- called "Don't Know Much About History." Yeah. Mm-hmm. With the actor Bradley Whitford, uh, <laughs> actor—that's all you need. <laughs> the actor Bradley Whitford, uh, who is best known uh, for for playing the deputy chief of staff uh, on the NBC political drama The West Wing. So that's oh, so honestly. that's his uh, claim. That's why he's got the blue check. Beside his uh, name, yeah, and it said, "Can I say something really quick?" Yes, please. Never take political advice from somebody who spends all their time pretending to be somebody else. <laughs> well, that works for Ronald uh, Reagan too, I guess. But oh, well. anyways, <laughs> I yeah, didn't like wanna, Reagan, so there you, you are. You want to light that up? Well, no, actually, Reagan had his Reagan had his uh, uh, small. 
uh, 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 spots in his uh, uh, scheme of things that I don't mm. approve of. But on the other hand, you know, he I think he's the only president we had during the 20th century who actually had a degree in economics. <laughs> there so, is yeah. that. There is that. So, so uh, Bradley Whitford, you want to read the uh, what no, he I, had to say? I actually haven't got that handy. Go ahead. Okay. Ha! Well, Bradley Whitford on uh, uh, on Tuesday, uh, while Virginia was uh, swinging for Yunkin, said this: <laughs> "The GOP embraces yet again the racist." Lee Atwater strategy, this time with their complete and utter bullshit about critical race theory. To paraphrase S.A. Cosby, they want everyone to get over slavery while they can't get over the fact that they lost the civil fucking war. (laughs) The GOP lost the civil war. Abraham Lincoln, Ulysses S. Grant, and James Garfield were unavailable for comment. <laughs> to say nothing of McKinley, right? Okay. How about McKin- uh, how about uh, Teddy Roosevelt? Yeah. Well, actually, he was born uh, right as the Civil War started. But uh, Abraham, right. Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln ch- uh, did choose sides in the Civil War. And I he think did? Grant was involved as well. And so was Major mm-hmm. General James uh, Garfield. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, and also McKinley. Uh, but if you go out here uh, to uh, go out here to the Antietam battlefield, Okay, there's a McKinley monument uh, designating his service at uh, at the Battle of Antietam. Okay, so mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah. So if if you want to wave the bloody shirt, which is what this is called, by the way, this mm-hmm. is an old tank. You better know who you're waving the shirt at. Well, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, but you see, you've got to understand that uh, we are. We were just small time podcasters. It's not like we've got the traction of NBC News. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. As, 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 not only did they go after uh, AR 15 receivers, but basically, uh, you know. Yeah, MSNBC. Oh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I had to do this because Joy Reid was. Well, you know, I would I wouldn't say she went crazy. She she was unhinged. Been, oh my god. Oh my god. Okay. Almost well, Eric the, Dyson helped was really okay, going helping her later, along. But yeah, but they're later, but she almost was worth almost worth the cable TV fees. Yeah, well. Oh lord. She said this on Tuesday night, uh uh, on, on Tuesday night on MSNBC, Joy Reid said, quote, Democrats have to be willing to vocalize that these Republicans are dangerous, <laughs> that this isn't a party that's just another political party that disagrees with us on tax policy. Notice that first person <laughs> plural uh, the pronoun that I. At this point, they're dangerous. They're dangerous to our national security because stoking that kind of soft white nationalism eventually (sighs) leads to the hardcore stuff. It leads to the January 6th stuff because if people are tolerant of it in your party, they're tolerant of the soft racism. It's really a short trip to get to the January 6th insurrectionist play. Now, Folks, I know people who were directly involved in January 6th, okay? Mm-hmm. I, you know, we, we both, John and I both know somebody who uh, organized the actual freaking Stop the Steal rally. The idea that this was racism, white nationalism <laughs> at work there, that is an idea that exists only inside this echo chamber. Well, mm-hmm. uh, you have to admit, though, that Ali is only half uh, black. His his father was an Arab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it, okay, then um, he's doing better than Obama. I don't know. So, uh, how many million people voted for Trump 
in 2020, was it 75 million? Something like that. Yeah, 75 million people are terrorists, according to Yeah, right. Anybody that votes Republican is dangerous, you know? And they live inside this bubble where nobody ever challenges their ideas. Well, but you see, that's going to be good for the country. Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, you take that weird logic mm-hmm. and just have it incestuously feeding on itself inside the bubble. And, you know, well, you've got that post up saying, uh, let's just ha- let's just talk about their weird logic. Wajahat mm-hmm. Ali. OK, Wajahat yeah. Ali uh, is an alumnus of Berkeley. And that ought to just about uh, tell you everything you need to know about him. But he is obsessed with the idea um, he, uh, I uh, quoted a couple of his tweets, uh, screen capped here, uh, from again from Tuesday night. Never underestimate white rage, racial anxiety, and right wing disinformation that flourishes in mainstream media. Lessons for all who still need it moving forward from Virginia. Followed that up with whiteness remains undefeated. Let's wait and see who those white suburban voters went for tonight in Virginia. (sighs) Any guesses? And so he then wrote a column uh, for, hang on a second, I'll tell you who he wrote that column for. Uh, He is, among other things, a contributor at the New York Times. He wrote this uh, for the Daily Beast. You damn Karens are killing America. And and the subhead on this this column is Democrats aren't going to win over the majority of white women. and They need to stop trying. And they have noticed that most uh, Karens are Democrats, right? Right, right, right. But but he he did this whole long con. He's obsessed (laughs) with this idea of of. whiteness okay and i go into this and i begin by talking about after hillary lost in 2016 there was this discourse that developed on the left about the topic of quote-unquote white feminism which is we were told um the uh a a lack of of sufficient intersectionality was 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 what they were charged, and this was all you understand by way of explaining why Hillary lost this this whole thing, right? About uh, Hillary, why did Hillary lose? And they said because there, she's Hillary, <laughs> right? 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 That's obvious enough. They, they see inside their echo chamber, it, they could ignore the fact that hey. Hillary is not likable. People don't like her. Well, anyway, uh, but they looked at these exit polls, and like I said, they are so obsessed with the exit polls. They looked at these exit polls and said 53% of white women voted for Hillary, uh, voted for Trump. And that caused them just to say, these white women are the problem, you know? Well, look. <laughs> You just go with that, okay? You just go with the idea that that white women are the enemy. Let that be your party platform, <laughs> and let's see how that works out for you. Well, yeah, but, I mean, <laughs> look, these people can't even figure out their pronouns. Mm-hmm. So, you know, why, uh, do you, why do you think they're going to come out with a, a rational strategy? By the way, just to be official, my pronouns are is is a... Aum and Ao. Oh, <laughs> excellently done, sir. <laughs> Anyways, but, but no, seriously, th- those are my pronouns in Latin. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. okay, uh, and uh, I, you know, uh, it's toy in Vietnamese. But uh, the uh, the point is, is that at least I thought that through. And on the other mm-hmm. hand, the the Democrats keep saying our. Yeah, I have noticed this for some time that when, and I I blogged about this. Our democracy. Our children. When Democrats say our children, right? Okay. (sighs) You've got to watch out these first person plural pronouns. I'm quoting Joe Biden on Wednesday said, quote, vaccinating 
our children will help us keep our schools open, keep our kids in the classroom learning and socializing with their teachers and classmates. Or who? Yeah, who is this we <laughs> that you're talking yeah, right. about, Joe? Because because the thing is, is that his kids, Hunter Biden, never set foot in a public school. Hunter Certainly Biden not. Atten attended Archmere Academy, then went to Georgetown University before getting his law degree at jail at Yale. Joe doesn't send his kids to public schools. Terry McAuliffe doesn't send his kids to public Certainly schools. Not. So what is this proprietary sense expressed <laughs> by these first-person plural pronouns? Oh, well, quite simply, they think that your kids are theirs. Yeah. Our yeah. meaning uh, does not, when they say our, they're not necessarily including you in the group. <laughs> uh, well, well, you'll be you'll be present when the committee makes their decisions about your child's gender and whatnot. I well, guess. actually, you know, it's interesting. The school board Probably election, not. the school board elections were actually one of the bigger stories of last Tuesday. And oh, one of my they were. one of one of my favorites uh, is a kid who, uh, because of his senior year being disrupted, was not able to graduate on time. So he is 19 years old and a senior in high school and mm -hmm. just been elected to the school board. <laughs> yeah, but just, like, just like the truck driver uh, running for uh, state Senate because he couldn't get a carry permit in New Jersey. This kid mm -hmm. has had it with schools. Mm -hmm. and I, so, you know, we're, we're, we're like, we, I've, like my friend was saying, we're starting to see a slow motion general strike. And one of the yeah. things that, that's helping that go along is the idea that the emperor is naked. It keeps getting reinforced as they peel off another thing that they're that someone's hiding behind. And mm -hmm. you can see the ugliness that's there. Oh, howdy. We, yes. We had an arrest this week oh, on boy. Thursday. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I, I, I entitled uh, this uh, section on the little tabs that we have uh, uh, using as an outline, folks. I entitled it uh, Fyodor Dostoevsky, Call Your Office. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, Dostoevsky wrote Crime and Punishment. Yes, yes he did. And, and, and there's something there, though. If you, if you think about the thought process uh, uh, that's going on in the mind of the protagonist of... Uh, uh, crime and punishment about the justification for what he's doing. You know, you can see that same process going on in the minds of the people who were responsible for the Russia collusion hoax, I think. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, uh, Igor Denchenko, who's probably a former uh, FSB agent. Um, mm, stringer maybe, at best. Uh, was uh, uh, got busted by the FBI uh, by uh, under the direction of Special Prosecutor John Durham, um, mm -hmm. and if you read the indictment, I mean, it is wow. It just <sighs> and the, the really the really interesting thing that's going on here is they had him for making false statements to the FBI in D.C. But he also made false statements to the FBI in Arlington, mm -hmm. which is in the Eastern District of Virginia. Oh, boy. And guess where he's indicted? Oh, my goodness. So oh it, my won't be a, it won't be a D.C. jury. It's ah. a Virginia jury. Well, you know, the, the, thing, about, uh, the thing about this, and, and people have been reading this, is that the major networks, so the ABC News, NBC News, CBS News, they're not covering this story at all, okay? You're not mm -hmm. going to hear about it on CNN. You're not going nope. to hear about it on MSNBC, okay? Nope. The, the, this thing which shows directly the connection between the Clinton campaign using Russian operatives, 
You know, uh-huh. uh, you know, it, it, it's it's plain as day there. If you know what, it, uh-huh. you know, if you, you know, but you're not going to know anything about this if you're inside that liberal media echo chamber. But if you, but if you look at through who the PR executive number one is, and, right, and uh-huh. and think tank employee number one, and think tank employee, yada yada yada. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's you know, the Brookings Institute. It's, it's Strobe Talbot. It's Fiona Hill. It's uh, <laughs> Strobe Talbot's in there. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Well, <laughs> I, you know, I think, I think we know who, I think we know if Strobe Talbot's in it somewhere back behind this is a fellow named Sidney Blumenthal. Oh, indeed. Yeah, you know, the master uh, manipulator uh, on, on Team Clinton. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so so we shall see. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm sure oh, but, that... But, but, Chuck, but it's like, Chuck, Chuck Dolan is PR executive yeah, number Chuck one. Yeah, Chuck Dolan is, is the guy uh, that, that whose actions in this make it very clear uh, that this was Team Clinton from the start. And Brookings mm-hmm. Institution and... You know, it's not going to be yeah, a strobe Talbot. Oh, oh, oh please <laughs> put strobe Talbot in prison. Oh, God, um, that would be isn't so, he kind of ancient for that? Yeah, he's my age. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. Well, anyway. pretty, well, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to have to uh, go to jail. If, uh, you know, well, if you did, I, John, I'd I'd be visiting you with a cake. <laughs> yeah. and yes you know, there'd but, be a file inside but but the but the thing is is that this liberal media echo chamber just seals this out and because only quote-unquote right wingers know about it right okay mm-hmm. you have to be following you know fox news or or you know breitbart or something you have or hogwash, hogwash. And, the, and the other mccain yeah you'll get the mm-hmm. details over there but um you know but but you know, most people won't know about this, which proves uh, that, you know, this war on the Trump administration, which started before they were even elected, you know, an attempt to um, it was basically an attempt to cover up uh, Hillary's server problem by creating a distraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and because- they got looped on servers, and so the whole thing that was supposed to work was uh, a, a server in the Trump organization being tied to a server at Alpha Bank. I mean, it's it's just mm-hmm. and they were they were trying to create a scandal around the the Trump campaign uh, for election purposes, and the thing just kept going after the election. And it, and it, the it, and the it, you you want to talk about deep state? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Okay, go ahead. Well, no, I'm just it's 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 just like I said. Uh, if you if you read uh, Crime and Punishment, the idea of justifying the crime because uh, the pawn broker is oppressing her daughter and uh, has the money that she doesn't need, and I need the money, and I can go to law school and I can rescue my family financially, and there's all these good things that would happen, and no one would care about the fact that the murder would happen. Yeah, right. Well, you know, that's the same sort of flimsy justification uh, that uh, you see these people. It's for the greater good. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But on the other hand, you know, and then you get this mass hysteria built around it. And mass hysteria is a form of craziness. And crazy Mm -hmm. people are dangerous. Yes, folks. And they went crazy in Houston uh, Uh, Friday night. uh, folks, if you don't know who Travis Scott is, Travis Scott is a rapper who is also <sighs> Kylie Jenner's baby daddy. He's a native of Houston, and his 2018 album was titled Astro World, uh, named for a Houston amusement park that closed in 2005. Well, Here's the news. At least eight people died and scores more were injured when chaos, including a crowd crush, broke out during opening night of rapper Travis Scott's Astro World Music Festival in Texas Friday, authorities said. A mass of concert goers at Houston's NRG Park, quote, began to compress, close quote, to the front 
of the stage at around 9.15 p.m., causing mayhem and some people to get hurt, according to the fire chief. Quote, people started to fall out, become unconscious, and it created an additional panic. At around 9.38 p.m., what the police chief called a mass casualty incident was triggered as the number of victims grew and emergency responders um, were overwhelmed. Uh, 23 people were rushed to a hospital, including a 10-year-old. Of those hospitalized, What's 11... A What's a 10-year-old doing in a place like that? Of those hospitalized, 11, were, 11 were in cardiac arrest. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I've been in a, a general... Um, uh, general admission concert before. I've, yeah, mm. so I've, I, I've worked sound at a lot of them, and I can't imagine I, having taken a 10-year-old. Well, I, there were 50,000 no. people in There this were 100,000 tickets sold. Right. And right. I have a problem with that. Um, I've done Day at the Green. I did it for The Who and The Clash. Well, The Clash and The Who. And I'm here to tell you that when Roger Daltrey told everybody to take two steps back, it was getting dangerous at the front. I know because I was there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't believe this happened. I can't believe there wasn't some sort of crowd control going on. Well, you remember that Cincinnati crowd rush? Uh, I had many not years forgotten. ago. I that the T-shirt said, "I'd walk over you to see the Who." <laughs> I remember that T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, speaking of uh, music, uh, I hear the boogie-woogie piano in the background, which tells us we are nearing the end of the podcast. Uh, we'll be back here next Saturday night at the usual uh, time, 7 o'clock Eastern, uh, with our good friend Diana. Yep, we'll see hey. you then. Good Bye, night, John. See you guys. Good night, Di- good night Diana. Good night. Thank you.